get the unmissable news stories of the day. This is the Beijing Hour. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Tuesday, October the 10th, 2023. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, coming to you live from the Chinese capital. On today's program, the Chinese presidents hailed China-U.S. relations as the most important in the world while meeting with the U.S. Senate delegation. Israel's intensified airstrikes on the Gaza Strip following the surprise attack by Hamas militants on the weekend. The International Monetary Fund has lowered its growth forecast for the global economy. In business, annual World Bank and IMF meetings have convened in Morocco. In sports, top world tennis players battle at the Shanghai Masters. In culture and entertainment, China Media Group launches a new round of cooperation with international partners. Now checking the day's top stories. The Chinese presidents called China-U.S. relations the most important bilateral relationship in the world. Xi Jinping says how uh, Beijing and Washington get along will determine the future of humanity. He made the remarks while meeting with the visiting U.S. bipartisan delegation led by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer in Beijing on Monday. Gao Yiming has more. Xi Jinping says the common interests of China and the U.S. far outweigh their differences. And the two nations' respective success is an opportunity rather than a challenge to each other. He says given the highly integrated Chinese and U.S. economies and interests, both countries stand to benefit from each other's development. The Chinese president also says global challenges, including post-pandemic recovery, climate change, and other regional and international hotspots, require the cooperation and coordination between Beijing and Washington. He continues to call for the two countries to properly handle their relations, respect each other, coexist in peace, and pursue win-win cooperation. This is the first U.S. congressional visit to China since 2019. Xi Jinping says China welcomes more U.S. congressional members to come and gain a better understanding of China's past, present, and future. Senator Schumer and his colleagues say Washington does not see conflict with or decoupling from China, but hopes to strengthen bilateral trade and investment cooperation. They say China's development and prosperity is good for the American people, and a stable bilateral relationship helps contribute to the world peace and development. That was Gao Yiming reporting. Meantime, senior diplomat Wang Yi and Commerce Minister Wang Wentao have also held talks with Schumer in the Chinese capital. China's published a white paper on the achievements of the Belt and Road Initiative over the past 10 years. Uh, one major purpose of the paper is to give the international community a better understanding of the value of the BRI. Zheng Chuning explains. The report says that the initiative is paving the way towards shared development and prosperity as it advocates women cooperation and encourages economic integration, uh, interconnected development and the sharing of achievements. Uh, one of the biggest highlights is the initiative's contribution to promoting all-round connectivity including policy coordination, uh, infrastructure connectivity, unimpeded trade, financial integration and closer people-to-people -people ties. And specifically, it's 
says that under the BRI framework, Chinese and foreign partners have launched uh, 20 plus multilateral dialogue and cooperation mechanisms in professional domains such as railways, uh, ports, energy, finance, and so on. And basic connectivity over land, maritime, air, and cyberspace is in place with six corridors, six routes, and multiple countries and ports. And thanks to the increase in connectivity, uh, trade and investment has also been expanding steadily. From 2013 to 2022, the cumulative um, value of imports and exports between China and BRI partner countries reached over 19 trillion U.S. dollars. And that is an annual growth rate of over 6.4%. Besides, the BRI participating countries have also jointly promoted cooperation on industrial capacity, uh, expanded cooperation in traditional industries, including steel, uh, non-ferrous uh, metals, building materials, automobiles, and so on. And have also explored cooperation in some emerging industries, such as um, digital economy, new energy vehicles, artificial intelligence, 5G network, and so on. Um, according to the white paper, the initiative has witnessed diverse dynamics of financial integration. First of all, the financial cooperation mechanisms are maturing, uh, as the paper said. The China Development Bank has promoted the establishment of multilateral financial cooperation mechanism. And as of the end of this June, a total of 13 Chinese-funded banks had established over 145 first-year offices and branches in over 50 BRI partner countries. Um, and some over 70.7 million businesses in over 130 partner countries had opened union pay services. And China has also signed bilateral currency swap agreements with over 20 partner countries and established RMB clear managements in over 17 partner countries, which effectively facilitates trade and investment. Moreover, the document also highlights uh, the improving debt sustainability of the initiative. Based on the principle of equal participation and benefit and risk sharing. China and over 28 countries approved the guiding principles on financing and development of the Belt and Road um, Initiative, encouraging the governments and financial institutions of participating countries to attach greater importance to improve their debt management capability. That was Zheng Chuning reporting. Over the past decade, 152 countries and 32 international organizations have signed up to the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, here's Professor Joseph uh, Mahoney at East China Normal University sharing his thoughts on the white paper and the initiative in general. You know, if we read uh, the report carefully, we can see how the BRI has evolved uh, conceptually and practically, uh, becoming uh, more sophisticated and successful along the way. Uh, but we can also see how BRI is adapting uh, to, to changing conditions and circumstances, including uh, focusing more on high quality uh, growth and development, expanding its concepts of connectivity to include uh, digitalization, as well as uh, making major shifts towards green and sustainable uh, development. And from a wider interpretive perspective, we can better discern the outlines of China's development strategy at home and abroad. Now this includes how China understands that its own development requires advancing hand-in-hand -hand with other countries, especially those in the global south, not only as a matter of principle of win-win solutions that help facilitate a shared future, but also uh, because some key countries in the global north uh, are resisting these developments because they believe it represents 
and erosion in global north supremacy. Let's discuss what some of these key achievements are in order to have an understanding of the diverse players uh, involved and what's been accomplished along the way. Now, uh, we can only give a partial rendering here. Uh, for example, uh, the construction of, of numerous economic corridors uh, and international arterial uh, routes, um, uh, uh, building uh, infrastructure networks that connect sub-regions in Asia, as well as the continents of Asia, Europe, and Africa. Now, these include multiple sections of the uh, China-Pakistan economic corridor uh, that are in various stages of development, including motorways, rail lines, light rail, power plants, and power grids, as well as special economic zones. It also includes uh, rail lines that will link, for example, Serbia and Hungary. Uh, a key bridge in uh, Croatia has also been built along with a, a, a highway in, in Montenegro, uh, and we've seen the completion of the Western uh, Europe, uh, Western China uh, highway. Uh, additionally, you know, we've seen uh, the China-Indochina uh, pen, uh, Peninsula economic border. The China-Laos uh, railway uh, has been completed. Uh, in Indonesia, the Jakarta-Bandung high-speed railway is operational. And uh, we've seen phase one of the China-Thailand railway uh, uh, get underway. Uh, with the uh, China-Mongolia-Russia economic border, uh, as well as the China-Central Asia-West Asia economic border, and the Bangladesh-China-India-Myanmar economic corridor, we've seen numerous highways, railways, bridges, and pipelines that have been built and are operational each bringing greater connectivity and economic growth for China and these various BRI partners. Now, I know this is already a mouthful and that these are just a few examples, but I think the key point here is that uh, what other country in the world would have the scope to reach with the capacity organizationally, financially, or simply uh, the ability to build and to, to uh, facilitate this kind of uh, uh, relationship with so many diverse partners in different parts of the world? Uh, who else has this capacity or has demonstrated it uh, aside from China? That was Professor Joseph Mahoney at East China Normal University speaking about achievements of the BRI over the past decade. Coming up, Israel intensifies airstrikes on the Gaza Strip. Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in. At 10 minutes past the hour. Well, Israel's intensified its airstrikes in Gaza, imposing what it calls a complete siege on the Palestinian enclave. The country has also called up an unprecedented 300,000 reservists. Israeli media says Hamas attacks, uh, or, uh, rather, uh, Hamas attacks have killed 900 people. Uh, meanwhile, Gaza's health ministry says Israeli uh, airstrikes have resulted in over 700 deaths. John Gambrell reports from Jerusalem. We've heard from Prime Minister Netanyahu, who issued a stark warning to Hamas, saying Hamas wanted a war, it will get a war. Dear Israeli citizens, at the end of this campaign, all of our enemies will know that it was a grave mistake to attack Israel. This comes as the death toll from this unprecedented attack by Hamas that started on Saturday has only risen moving forward. Many analysts believe that we're going to see a ground operation target the Gaza Strip by the Israelis. We've seen armored personnel carriers, tanks line up on the border. Prime Minister Netanyahu did not give away when that potential ground operation would start. 
However, we have seen almost continuous airstrikes targeting the Gaza Strip since Saturday. Now, Hamas has issued a threat to those over 100 Israeli hostages that they hold inside of the Strip, saying that if Israel launches any airstrike targeting a civilian area without giving a warning, that it will kill a hostage, videotape it, and release that publicly. This may just be a threat by Hamas to try to limit these airstrikes that have just been pounding Gaza in the time since. But all this together, as well as an uptick in violence that we're seeing to the north with the Lebanese Hezbollah, just going to show that this conflict may only get worse as time goes on. That was John Gambrell reporting. Violence is also spread to the border between Israel and Lebanon. Israel says one of its officers was killed during a cross-border raid claimed by Palestinians in Lebanon. In response, Israel launched air raids on the country's south. Lebanon-based Hezbollah says three of its soldiers were killed in the shelling. The group then attacked two Israeli camps. Hezbollah said er, er, and Israel have uh, traded sporadic fire over the border since 2006. The uh, escalation has forced many residents in southern Lebanon to flee their homes and around the border area. Uh, Zara Alderzi has more on this. We are now in front of Ruwaysat al-Alam, the area targeted by Hezbollah with the guided missiles and mortars. Israeli artillery has targeted Al-Khraibi area recently with a mortar attack. Calm has prevailed at the Lebanese-Israeli borders following an Israeli attack that targeted a tent belonging to Hezbollah, which the Lebanese group re-established after it was destroyed by an Israeli shells earlier on Sunday morning. The attack by Tel Aviv was in response to Hezbollah's attack targeting three Israeli sites in Sheba Farms, Ruwaysat al-Alam, Didradar, and Zibdin. The Lebanese National Agency reports two children have been injured by sharp nails caused by Israel's shelling of Kfarshuba. Hezbollah has claimed responsibility for its actions in a statement saying that the attacks were in solidarity with Palestine. UNIFIL spokesperson Andrea Tenetti says they are in contact with authorities on both sides of the blue line to contain the situation in south of Lebanon and avoid a dangerous escalation. The head of the Executive Council of Hezbollah has said that the group is not neutral in the escalating conflict launched by the Palestinian group Hamas. That was Zara Alderzi reporting on the Lebanese-Israeli uh, border. The U.S. Uh, Defense Department says the country's already begun delivering critically needed munitions and military equipment to Israel. And the Pentagon's considering what else can be sent quickly to boost its ally in this conflict with Hamas. The weapons movement came as U.S. President Joe Biden announced 11 American deaths in the conflict so far. However, Army Secretary Christine Wormuth says Congress must pass more funding quickly for the U.S. to be able to give both Israel and Ukraine the weapons and munitions they both need. You know, one thing that is really important in terms of the munitions in particular and our ability to support both potentially the Israelis and the Ukrainians simultaneously is additional funding from Congress uh, to be able to increase our capacity, um, you know, in terms of our capacity to expand production and then to also pay for the munitions themselves. We need additional support from Congress. So I hope we'll see that soon. 
With a new ground offensive in Gaza imminent following the Saturday surprise attack by Hamas, U.S. Army officials said they were concerned about the ability to meet additional demand for ground munitions and that Congress needed to act quickly to provide help in time. Founder and executive director Karis Witte of the Sino-Israel Global Network and Academic Leadership Group says Israel is scarred for life from the past two days' events and the fight will go on. Uh, Here's her recounting uh, life in the central Israeli city of Haniel. I have spent most of the last 48 hours nauseous, sick to my stomach from this whole situation. Um, But I am, you know, my personality is one of determination and commitment to the people of Israel and the land of Israel. So I try, I try to keep myself from crying. I'm sorry, because if I think about the personal situation and I put myself in the shoes of every mother, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother. I have my mother here. Thank God she's safe and my children are safe and, and my grandchildren are safe and my daughter-in-law and son-in-law's families are safe. We're lucky, but we're a lucky few and it's so painful. And so, um, you know, it's like this, it's, it's tragic. And at the same time, we must fight on. I think we're built to handle it. My children are, are and they are glued to the television, crying, devastated, trying to get work done. We're all working from home. My grandsons and my granddaughter will grow up and go into the army. I had the prayer when I was a young mother to think we would have peace so my son, sons and daughters would not have to go into the army. Didn't happen. I can only pray and hope and act in a way that they will not have to fight in the army when they're adults. That was Chris uh, Witte, founder and executive director of the Sano-Israel Global Network and Academic Leadership Group, speaking about her life in Israel over the past few days. United Nations Humanitarian Affairs Office says the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas has displaced more than 123,000 people in Gaza. It says Israeli airstrikes and shelling have hit houses and apartment buildings with four large residential towers in Gaza City destroyed. Damage to water, sanitation and hygiene facilities have uh, undermined services to more than 400,000 people in Gaza. The office also warns that the Gaza power plant is now the only source of electricity and could run out of fuel within days. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's called on Hamas's militants and Israeli forces to stop the violence and he's offered to mediate between the two sides. Speaking after a meeting with his cabinet, Erdogan said that a door to peace will open if Israel stops bombarding Palestinian lands and Hamas stops harassing Israeli civilians. He also said Turkey is against the violence of Hamas militants in Israel. Israel Just as we are against the pressure and cruelty, extrajudicial killings and threats to life and property inflicted on Palestinians by Israeli security forces and illegal settlers, we are also against random actions against Israeli civilians. Erdogan asked uh, for all parties to act with calmness and human conscience to stabilize tensions in the region. China's expressed concern about the escalation of the conflict between Palestine and Israel. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning says the country opposes and condemns any form of violence against civilians. 
The only way out of the recurring Palestinian-Israeli conflict is to resume peace talks, implement a two-state solution, push for a comprehensive and proper settlement of the Palestinian issue through political means, and address the legitimate concerns of all parties. China will continue to work tirelessly with the international community to this end. Mao also says China opposes all actions that undermine regional stability. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up, the IMF lowers its forecast for global economic growth. Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. At 20 minutes past the hour. The International Monetary Fund has confirmed that the global economy is showing a stable but slowing trend as inflation gradually cools from last year's peak. The World Economic Outlook report says global, uh, global economic growth is expected to slow from 3.5% in 2022 to 3% this year. Meantime, its forecast for 2024 growth is down by 0.1 percentage points from its July update to 2.9% in 2024. The organization's forecast for China's growth is 5% this year and 4.2% in 2024. The report also notes that uh, persisting inflationary pressures, intensifying economic fragmentation, and rising debt risk in developing countries are major concerns. The Afghan government says recent earthquakes have killed at least 2,400 people. The tremors are among some of the deadliest so far this year. Simarilai Abbasan has more. Well, the situation is far worse and the it's, uh, tragedy uh, has been happening in Afghanistan since last couple of decades. It's unprecedented and I saw really tragic scenes in different areas. Well, I was on the side in Zindajan district. I saw there were desperate people, uh, though most of them were uh, allocated or transferred to other places, including where I am standing uh, now in Herat city. Right here, it's a closer IDP's camp uh, where there are more than a hundred families living and also in the other corners and other districts w- which are a little bit secure. Uh, I also went to uh, 207th uh, Al-Faruqa and there was packs of dead bodies inside cantinas and I saw dozens of cantinas uh, and I, when I asked them, they said they are here to transfer the dead bodies from the area. On the other hand, I visited hospitals and health facilities. The situation is uh, totally desperate, uh, desperate there. I also spoke with the acting health minister of the country and he said that they are in close coordination with international and national organizations. And also the uh, Chinese uh, Red Cross Society was also able to announce a $200,000 assistance uh, in cash to the uh, Afghan Red Crescent Society, which are still uh, on the way and they w- it would be delivered to the affected families. So the situation is far more worse and it's really heart-wrenching uh, uh, when you see their uh, families and individuals who have lost their entire families and still grieving in different parts of the country, including uh, the worst hit area in Zindajan. That was Zimari Eli Abbasin reporting in Afghanistan. The 6.3 magnitude quake in Afghanistan killed and injured thousands when it leveled an untold number of homes in Herat province. UN spokesperson Stefan Dujeric says that the UN and its humanitarian partners are now ramping up the response following the quake. 
We've deployed assessment teams and we are providing emergency shelter supplies, blankets, warm clothes, food, hygiene kits, water buckets, chlorine and dignity kits to those who need it. Um, our partners have also deployed health teams and are providing trauma and emergency surgery kits. The humanitarian coordinator for Afghanistan, Danielle Andres, has approved an emergency reserve allocation from the Afghan Humanitarian Fund of $5 million to support the immediate relief efforts in the earthquake-impacted areas. Aid groups warn that the fast-approaching winter, combined with the new disaster, is likely to exacerbate Afghanistan's existing challenges and make it even harder for people to meet their basic needs. India has pressed helicopters into service to airlift stranded tourists, the sick and the elderly, from the uh, cut-off regions of the remote Himalayan state of Sikkim. Uh, the flash floods in the region, unleashed by a glacial lake bursting its banks, have claimed at least 74 lives. Around 2,000 tourists stuck in northern Sikkim were reported safe, with uh, over 100 people still missing. Rescue and relief operation official uh, Shiwang Gayacho says uh, once the weather's cleared, uh, rescuers started to airlift stranded tourists from the remote and inaccessible regions and provided them with food and helped them to contact their families. It's the first day that the helicopter service could be operated from Lachen, which has been badly affected. And uh, we have uh, around close to about 2,000 tourists stranded there. So our priority is to take out all the tourists and the locals who have health issues and who are elderly and who have small babies. And the ladies, this is the first priority. The young ones is in the second line. The search for survivors has been hampered by damaged roads, poor communication, and bad weather. Our residents were struggling to clear sludge and debris in the wake of one of the worst disasters in the remote region in more than 50 years. Five people are reportedly dead and another remains missing after a river flooded in a popular tourist site in the central Bolivian city of Cochabamba. Authorities say search efforts are ongoing. Local media say the, the sightseers arrived on Saturday and toured the river in rowboats and, uh, or that afternoon before uh, the heavy rains made the river rise and swept them away. Native people celebrated their history on Monday with events across the U.S. marking Indigenous Peoples Day, including a sunrise gathering in Minneapolis. The ceremonies, dances, and speeches came two years after President Joe Biden officially commemorated Indigenous Peoples Day. Indigenous organizer Thorne LaPointe says they want to celebrate their identity, regaining their language, culture, and spirituality. We always remember the stories of our peoples across Turtle Island, the Four Directions, across the world and the distinctive communities and peoples that make up indigenous peoples in 90 different countries and all. 5,000 of languages are indigenous out of 7,000. So we recognize things like this that managed to survive throughout history on Indigenous Peoples Day thanks to our ancestors, the resilience, the strength, the healing. In Minnesota, around 150 people, including the governor and lieutenant governor, attended a sunrise prayer and ceremony at a lake surrounded by Parkland on the south side of Minneapolis. The Royal Botanical Gardens in London says more than three-quarters of undescribed plant species are already threatened uh, with extinction. The Botanical Research Institution published a report which gives a global snapshot of plant species. Uh, the report also estimates that 45% of known flowering plants are also facing the threat of extinction. Dr. Matilda Brown, a conservation science analyst at the Royal Botanic Gardens, explains the major problems menacing the existence of these plants. The main threats to plants are habitat loss, land use change, 
we know that that's coming up as the immediate, that's the short-term threat that most threatened species are facing. That's not to say we're not worried about climate change, it's definitely on the horizon and there's increasing evidence to suggest that climate change is going to contribute to those threats. And reducing that habitat loss, keeping systems intact and keeping that vegetation intact is really what's going to do the best for our threatened species. The report also highlights dark spots of diversity, meaning areas where even fewer species are described. They include regions like tropical Asia and South America. According to the report, out of the estimated 2.5 million species of fungi in the world, only 155,000 have been described, and it would take between 750 and 1,000 years to describe all of them at the current naming rate. We're at 28 past the hour and Beijing's down to 10 degrees this evening. It'll be sunny in 22 on Wednesday. Chongqing's at 17 overnight, then overcast in 23. It lasts us down to 5 degrees, then overcast in 20. Hong Kong's at 24 this evening, then sunny in 29. Elsewhere, Tokyo's 17 overnight. It'll be partly cloudy in 26 on Wednesday. Islamabad's down to 17, then sunny in 30. Uh, Bangkok has a light rainfall in 25 overnight, then moderate rainfall in 32 tomorrow. In Africa, Nairobi's getting cloudy skies and 28 degrees Celsius. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, the Chinese presidents hailed China-U.S. relations as the most important in the world while meeting with the U.S. Senate delegation. Israel's intensified airstrikes on the Gaza Strip following the surprise attack by Hamas militants on the weekend. The International Monetary Fund has lowered its growth forecast for the global economy. Shane Begum with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. Experience the musical classics of the East. Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music Talks. Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. An General Railway Company, Deutsche Director of the International Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. CGTN Radio. Hear the difference. I love you. 我爱你. This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you're a rookie, 你好, or a sophisticated learner, 我来北京五年了, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Tuesday. Still to come. In business, annual World Bank and IMF meetings have convened in Morocco. In uh, sports, top world tennis players battle it out at the Shanghai Masters. In culture and entertainment, China Media Group launches a new round of cooperation with international partners. To contact us, you can email audio newsroom at cgtn.com or follow our X account, formerly Twitter, at CGTN Radio. First of all, checking the day's headlines, here's Tian Yu. Thank you, Sheng. 
China has published a white paper on the achievements of the Belt and Road Initiative during the past 10 years. It says the initiative is paving the way towards shared development and prosperity by advocating win-win cooperation, economic integration, interconnected development, and the sharing of achievements. One of the highlights is its contribution to connectivity, including policy coordination, infrastructure connectivity, trade, financial integration, and people-to-people ties. The report says that under the BRI, Chinese and foreign Partners have strengthened dialogue and cooperation in areas such as railways, ports, energy, and finance. From 2013 to 2022, the cumulative value of imports and exports between China and BRI partner countries reached 19.1 trillion U.S. dollars, with an annual growth rate of 6.4 percent. Meantime, BRI countries have also promoted cooperation on industrial capacity, expanded cooperation in traditional industries, and explored cooperation in emerging industries such as digital economy. And new energy vehicles. Chinese Commerce Minister Wang Wentao says the development and progress of China and the United States should become each other's opportunities rather than challenges. Wang made the remarks when meeting with a bipartisan delegation of U.S. Senate led by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. He said the bilateral economic and trade relations are mutually beneficial, and cooperation is the only right choice for the two countries. He said China does not evade competition, but maintains that competition should be fair and healthy and be based on international. Economic and trade rules, Schumer said. The two parties of the U.S. Congress do not seek to decouple with China and are willing to strengthen communication and exchanges. China has expressed concern about the escalation of the conflict between Palestine and Israel. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning says the country opposes and condemns any forms of violence against civilians. The only way out of the recurring Palestinian-Israeli conflict is to resume peace talks, implement a two-state solution, push for a comprehensive and proper settlement of the Palestinian issue through political means, and address the legitimate concerns of all parties. China will continue to work tirelessly with the international community to this end. Mao also says China opposes all actions that undermines regional stability. Clashes between Hamas and Israel have so far killed over 1,600 people. The China Coast Guard has driven away a Philippine Navy vessel near Huangyan Island in the South China Sea. It says professional and legitimate, legitimate measures were taken after the Philippine vessel ignored repeated warnings. China is urging the Philippines to immediately immediately stop its infringement of Chinese territorial waters and vows to continue to carry out rice protection and law enforcement activities in waters under its jurisdiction in accordance with the law. The International Monetary Fund has confirmed that the global economy is showing a stable but slowing trend as inflation gradually cools from last year's peak. The World Economic Outlook report says global economic growth is expected to slow from 3.5% in 2022 to 3% into in 2023. Meanwhile, its forecast for 2024 growth is down by 0.1 percentage points from its July update to 2.9% in 2024. The organization's forecast. Forecast for China's growth is 5% in 2023 and 4.2% in 2024. The report also notes that persisting inflationary pressures, intensifying economic fragmentation, and rising debt risk in developing countries are major concerns. 
The International Monetary Fund and World Bank are holding their annual meetings in Africa for the first time in 50 years amid growing criticism that poorer nations are under underrepresented at the two institutions. In the shadow of a deadly earthquake in Morocco that caused nearly 12 billion U.S. dollars in damage, the two organizations said they would focus on Africa as they work to grow and stabilize the global economy during times of war, inequality, and climate change. IMF Managing Director. Kristalina Georgieva highlighted the role of Africa in the global economy. You are offering us a lesson of solidarity. You are also amplifying the voice of the continent. And I can say, in my heart of heart, a prosperous 21st century is only possible with prosperous Africa. Here are the young people in the north. In the north is the capital. With aging populations, if we built a bridge for capital to travel, where it would make a difference, Africa would do well. The world would do well. Moroccan Minister of Economy and Finance Nadia Feta Alawi called for more investment in Africa. When we are having the conversation of how much financial resources are available, and we need to choose between food security, debt, climate finance. Economic, I would say, investment. We need all of them, and this is our, I would say, pledge together. Hopefully, to to say that the emerging countries need all this, and the future of the growth of the world needs also the growth of、uh, Africa. Africa is also among the places most vulnerable to the effects of climate change, with critics critics calling on the World Bank and IMF to give more consideration to climate resiliency in decision making. Iran and Sudan have announced the resumption of their diplomatic ties after a seven-year pause. The two countries agreed to prepare for the reopening of their embassies and exchanging official delegations. Sudan cut ties with Iran in 2016, following Saudi Arabia's similar move in the same year. Riyadh and Tehran have resumed their diplomatic relations under a China broker deal earlier this year. At least 29 people are dead and many more wounded following an artillery strike in Kachin State, Myanmar. Media sources say、uh, women, children, and seniors at a camp for internally displaced persons are among the dead. Myanmar has been embroiled in conflict in multiple regions as ethnic minority armies and a resistance movement battle against military rule. Thanks very much for the update. That was Tian Yu.、And、this is Shane Bigam in the Chinese capital. Coming up in business: annual World Bank and IMF meetings in Morocco. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. A mix of news, sports, and entertainment. In-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of the day. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. Thirty-eight minutes past the hour.、Well, stock markets on the Chinese mainland finished lower on Tuesday. Timothy Pope has more.
The mainland markets continued sliding. Yeah, there's some caution over the situation in the Middle East that's overtaken sentiment a little bit here. The Shanghai Composite slipped about seven tenths of one percent. The Shenzhen Component lost uh, six tenths of a percent. Energy stocks among the biggest losers uh, among Asia's uh, crude oil prices dipped a little bit. Uh, investors really trying to assess the potential for uh, oil supply disruptions uh, given the military clashes between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. Uh, China's two major oil refiners were the biggest drags on the market. PetroChina shares fell 1.5% and we saw Sinopec shed more than 2%. On the positive side, we are starting to see some third quarter result predictions hit the market. And uh, for the Chinese tourism industry, some of them are looking pretty good. Uh, Changbai Mountain Tourism stocks uh, jumped by 10% after flagging a pretty healthy recovery from the pandemic that uh, really threatened to throttle leisure travel. Uh, the company uh, operates uh, hotel and uh, transport in and around the popular Changbai Shan Mountain Resort in northern China and uh, said that net profit is uh, likely to be up around 700% in the first nine months of 2023 compared to last year when uh, travel was severely curtailed due to COVID restrictions. So that potentially uh, gives uh, a positive outlook for a number of other uh, domestic travel companies. That was market analyst Timothy Pope reporting in Shanghai. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index was up around eight-tenths of a percent. In Japan, the Nikkei gained over 2.4 percent. The annual meetings of the World Bank Group and International Monetary Fund are underway in the Moroccan city of Marrakesh. Around 14,000 people from around the world, including 190 delegations led by finance ministers, central bankers, and private sector executives, are taking part. It's the first annual meeting hosted by an African country in 50 years. Discussion uh, sessions will be held on major global challenges that include energy crisis uh, or the energy crisis, climate change, regional conflicts, and post-pandemic recovery. IMF Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva said the global economy is resilient but challenged by weak growth and deepening divergences. You are offering us a lesson of solidarity. You are also amplifying the voice of the continent. And I can say in my heart of heart, a prosperous 21st century is only possible with prosperous Africa. Here are the young people in the north. In the north is the capital with aging populations. If we built a bridge for capital to travel, where it would make a difference, Africa would do well, the world would do well. Uh, the annual meetings will also prioritize the economic development and cooperation opportunities in Africa and discuss how to fortify the economic stability and sustainable development in African countries. The event runs through Sunday. The organization of the petroleum exporting countries has predicted a 16.5% increase in global oil demand over the next two decades. In its 2023 World Oil Outlook report, the group said it expects global crude demand to rise from 99.6 million barrels per day last year to 116 million barrels per day in 2045. Uh, the OPEC chief said the oil sector will need investment of 14 trillion U.S. dollars by 2045 
drive to meet the growing global energy demand. The report also predicted oil to remain the biggest energy source in the global energy mix, but its share will drop slightly from just over 31% in 2022 to around 29% in 2045. The report forecasts a share of renewable energies, including wind, solar, geothermal, and tidal energy, to surge over the coming years. The China Europe Express Rail uh, Railways launched uh, the first express freight train from Shanghai to Munich, carrying over 27 million U.S. dollars of goods. The train will travel through six countries and reach Munich in 17 days. The train takes only one third of the time to ship goods from Shanghai to Munich as compared by sea. Wang uh, Jinqiu is chairman of Shanghai Orient Silk Road International Transport Service, and he says the new service will help to reduce costs. We launched the direct trains to Munich to meet the needs of European clients. It has significant time and cost advantages over land transportation through Hamburg and Duisburg. Munich is an industrial city, so the shipment is seven assembly lines with new generation mechanical information equipment integrated, which is beneficial for the development of local enterprises. Well, since it began operation two years ago, the railways transported over $6 billion of goods between Asia and Europe. Official data shows German industrial output fell for the fourth consecutive month in August, down 0.2% compared with the previous month. Production in mechanical engineering and construction fell over 2%, and power generation fell by 6.6%. Meantime, the automobile industry had a positive impact on overall performance. After monthly production declines in June and July, the sector saw 7.6% growth in August. Israel's central banks announced a plan to sell up to 30 billion U.S. dollars uh, uh, amid the weakening of the Israeli currency against the dollar. This is the first time ever that the Bank of Israel has carried out such a plan to sell foreign currencies. The plan aims to uh, moderate the ongoing gradual weakening of the shekel against the dollar, which began back in January. The weakening trend in recent weeks intensified on Monday amid the fighting between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. The bank says it'll actively participate in the market in the near future to stabilize the shekel exchange rate and ensure sufficient liquidity for the continued smooth operation of the markets. A U.S. expert says China will continue to be a driving force for global economic growth. Nick Vias is an economist at the University of Southern California, and he says the growth is fueled by China's dedication to digital transformation and proactive measures aimed at promoting new energy and green economies during the 14th five-year plan period, which lasts from 2021 to 2025. The China 14th five-year plan known as the Chinese plan to be completely a modern economy by 2049. In this specific 14th plan, I think it talks about the focus on digital transformation, meaning creating Chinese economy to much more robust in terms of using the technology, using the infrastructure, using the digital transformation, and leading and setting the standards in those areas to become the modern economy. The U.S. expert also said China's development in physical infrastructure over the past few decades is creating a robust foundation for economic growth. Data shows that China's small and medium-sized enterprises development index has resumed its upbeat trend in the third quarter of this year. The index is based on a survey of 3,000 SMEs across the country. It climbed by 0.2 points in the third quarter to 89.2 
following a slight drop in Q2 and a strong rise of 1.3 points in Q1. Among all of the uh, sub-indexes, the one for sentiment on the macroeconomy, which reflects the confidence of enterprises, saw the sharpest increase of 0.5 points in the third quarter. The willingness of private enterprises to invest is also rising, encouraged by a series of policies that aim to stabilize and expand private investment. Chinese smartphone maker Xiaomi has launched its new 13T handset in Cairo. Xiaomi's already built a factory in Egypt that can uh, make phones and other smart devices. The company says it'll continue to deepen its cooperation with Egypt and pr uh, provide more products and services for Egyptian consumers. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up in sports, top world tennis players battle it out at the Shanghai Masters. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. It's now 47 past the hour. Turning to sports, here's Li Yunqi. Thanks, Shane. Time for some sports news, and we start with tennis. Carlos Alcaraz beat Daniel Evans in straight sets to advance to the round of 16 at the ATP Shanghai Masters. Evans took the lead in the first set. Alcaraz then gradually assumed control, winning the first set tiebreaker. Alcaraz is the favorite to take the title in the absence of world number one Novak Djokovic. The two-time Grand Slam champion will face Grigor Dimitrov. Elsewhere, Hugo Amber beat Stefano Tsitsipas 2-1 to face JJ Wolf. Humber saved 6 of 8 breakpoints and finished with 34 winners and 9 unforced errors. Tsitsipas overcame a 3-0 deficit in the final set, but Humber broke his serve in the last game to win the match. In football, France will play the Netherlands in the European Championship qualifier on Friday. However, France midfielder Paul Pogba will be sidelined due to a positive doping test. Head coach Didier Deschamps says he's been left feeling saddened following the news. I'm very sad for Paul and what is happening to him. It is true that he has had a lot of things thrown at him recently. He obviously finds himself in a complicated situation where he has to defend himself, and he will need to defend himself, but it is part of a long process. If Pogba is found guilty of doping, the 30-year-old could be banned from football for between two to four years. France has the Group B standings with a perfect record after five matches. The Netherlands is tied in second place on nine points from four games, along with Greece. Vélez Sarsfield scored three goals in the first 18 minutes, en route to a 3-1 home win over Atlético Tucumán in Argentina's Primera División. The result leaves Vélez fifth in Group B with 13 points from eight games, three points behind leaders River Plate. Atletico Tucumán is the 11th in the 14-team group, three points further back. Elsewhere, Banfield had a scoreless draw at Arsenal Sarandí, and Baracas Central prevailed 2-1 at home to Colin. Former Brazil national team boss Titi has been appointed manager of Flamengo on a deal that runs until the end of 2024. The 62-year-old replaces Jorge Sampaoli, who was sacked late last month after the team's loss to Sao Paulo in the Copa do Brasil final. Flamengo are currently 5th in Brazil's Serie A with 44 points, 11 points behind leaders Botafogo with 12 match days remaining. The Los Angeles Olympic Organizing Committee has proposed five additional sports to the Olympic Program Commission. 
Baseball and, baseball and softball count as one addition. The others are cricket, flag football, lacrosse, and squash. Flag football and squash are new, but the others have been part of the Olympics in the past. Tokyo 2020 included baseball and softball, karate, skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing as additional sports, while Paris 2024 will feature breaking, skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing. Now to the NBA. San Antonio's Victor Wembanyama and Oklahoma City's Chet Holmgren delivered great performances in their first ever preseason games. Holmgren had 21 points and nine rebounds in 16 and a half minutes, and the Thunder defeated the Spurs 122 to 121 on Monday night. Wembanyama had 20 points and five rebounds in 19 minutes, mostly in the first half. Wembanyama was the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. While Holmgren was the number two pick from last year, but he suffered a foot injury in the off-season and missed all of last season. And in golf, Luke List won his second PGA Tour title following a playoff victory at the Sanderson Farms Championship. It obviously opens up a lot of doors,、uh, you know, the Century and Maui and the you know Augusta and some stuff. So I was just really happy with the way I hung in there、um, mentally throughout the weekend、uh, without my. A, a game per se, golf swing.、Uh, usually in the past, I would kind of fold up and get a little frustrated, and I was able to just hang in there. My caddy did a fantastic job on keeping me present, and、um, just very fortunate to come out on top. A five-way playoff saw List eventually beat overnight leader Ben Griffin, together with Ludwig Aberg, Scott Stallings, and Henrik Norlander in Mississippi. In cycling, Oscar Rivera of Colombia's team Medellin has won the 2023 Tour of Hainan. After a five-day race, the 47-year-old claimed the yellow jersey with a time of around 18 hours. China's Li Boan was named the best cyclist in Asia. This year, the race spanned over 781 kilometers and was divided into five stages, passing through 11 cities and counties. And last, Egyptian shooters dominated the 15-meter three-position competitions with two gold medals at the ongoing African Shooting Championships in Cairo. Ibrahim Kariem took the gold and booked Olympic berth for Paris 2024. On the women's side, Azhara Shaban won the 50 rifle three positions gold. Egypt has so far backed 34 medals, including 18 golds, to lead the medal tally. The 16th African Shooting Championships has attracted more than 250 shooters from 15 African countries. Right, thank you very much. That was Li Yunqi. Coming up in culture and entertainment, China Media Group launches a new round of cooperation with international partners. The Beijing Hour. Hello, I'm Peter Dinklage from X Men: Days of Future Past. You are listening to the Beijing Hour. Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you are listening to the Beijing Hour. Hi everyone, I'm Lang Lang. Welcome to the Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour, your window to China and the world. Fifty-three minutes past the hour, turning to culture and entertainment. First up, China Media Group has held a launch ceremony for a new round of cooperation with media outlets from countries along the Belt and Road routes. CMG hosted the ceremony ahead of the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation, which is scheduled for this month in Beijing. CMG President Shen Haishong says that high-quality Belt and Road cooperation is an important platform for international cooperation. And global public goods benefiting the world.、Uh, so far,、uh, CMG has signed news service agreements with 682 media organizations from 151 countries. 
2023 China Golden Rooster and 100 Flowers Film Festival will kick off in Shaman at the beginning of next month. Uh, the event will see nominees competing for Golden Roosters in 20 categories. The film festival's main activities include screenings and academic forums. Other activities such as outdoor movie screenings, a film art exhibition, and an animated film forum will be accessible to the public free of charge. Uh, China's music festivals and concerts are making a lively comeback. In the first half of the year, over 500 big concerts and music festivals rocked the country, drawing in 5.5 million music lovers. Industry insiders say the number of such festivals is expected to reach 700 this year. China had 200 such events back in 2019. An exhibition at Shanghai's Joshua Art Museum is showcasing the works of nine self-taught artists. Zhang Yue has more. All the artists at the exhibition have one thing in common, a day job. For example, Henri Rousseau was a customs officer. Zhang Yves was a mechanic. Louis Vivian was a mailman. And Ferdinand Desnos was a country musician. Aside from Rousseau, most of them aren't well known among the public. These artists simply followed their intuition and depicted the world as they perceived it. Even though naive art is a niche art with a shorter span of time, it has inspired so many other genres, including fauvism and cubism. Pablo Picasso, who purchased a painting from Rousseau in 1908, was among those who admired these artists and their uniqueness. Picasso once said, it took me four years to paint like Raphael, but a lifetime to paint like a child. One artist didn't have his first exhibition until he was 60 years old, but then someday in the future they become known as the greatest artists. I think art is everywhere. It is for us to find the beauty, no matter who created them. The Bon 18 Joshi Art Gallery is presenting a series of abstract artworks by Gu Liming, a professor at Tsinghua University and a pioneer in exploring contemporary expressions of ancient Chinese heritage. The 76 pieces include oil paintings, watercolor paintings, installations, and ceramics. These pieces are a reflection of my 40-year career. They were inspired by calligraphy, clothes, and paintings excavated from the Ma Wang Dui tomb of the Western Han Dynasty. You can see the color and lines are bold, bright, as I want to reflect the entanglement of a person's mind. It's precious to be able to see artworks by artists from around the world. Gu's solo exhibition runs until October 16th, while the wonderful world of the naive painters continues until November. That was Zhang Yue reporting. 57 past the hour, a group of sugar artists has taken part in a competition in Tianjin to demonstrate their techniques in making confections. Practitioners boil, heat, pull, and shape the treats to craft delicate sculptures and decorations. Champion Liu Xinru says that she spent countless hours preparing for the competition. During that month, I focused only on practicing rose flowers. I practiced until late at night, sometimes past midnight, even reaching 1 or 2 a.m. I was fueled by strong determination, and I told myself it was already an accomplishment to just stay here and train. And the competition has over 100 categories.
That was culture and entertainment. It's uh, 58 past the hour now, turning to the forecast before we go for the day in Beijing's at 10 degrees overnight. Tomorrow, sunny and 22 Celsius. Chongqing, 17 this evening, then overcast in 23. Last is down to 5 degrees, then overcast in 20. Hong Kong's at 24 tonight. Tomorrow, sunny and 29. Uh, elsewhere, Tokyo 17 this evening. It'll be partly cloudy in 25 on Wednesday. Islamabad 17 tonight, then sunny in 30. Bangkok's getting a light rainfall in 25 overnight, then moderate rainfall in 32 on Wednesday. In Africa, Nairobi's cloudy in 28 degrees. And finally to Oceania, Sydney's 14 this evening, then sunny in 25. Auckland's down to 12, then rainfall in 17. Port Vila's overcast in 26 degrees Celsius. And that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news today. Now, the Chinese presidents hailed China-U.S. relations as the most important in the world while meeting with a U.S. Senate delegation and Israel's intensified airstrikes on the Gaza Strip. On behalf of the staff, this is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together. Take away Chinese, where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. Take away Chinese. We will promise you a difference. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Roundtable. 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 Connecting China and the world. We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day. Tune in to Roundtable, where the East meets the West, and understanding is the goal. From North to South, East to West, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. 